Amen. May the Lord continue to open your eyes of your understanding, give you revelation, knowledge, and insight into the work, to the will of God. In the name of Jesus, our scripture reading, praise God, our scripture reading will come from 1 John, the first chapter, uh, at first, and then there's a couple of other places we might go tonight. We'll just see. But primarily, 1 John, the first chapter, amen, beginning at verse 1. That we'll read in the New King James Version. And remember that the writer of the Gospel of John is the same writer as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and the book of Revelation. Amen. It's not a Revelations. It was not many Revelations. One Revelation. Amen. The Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the book of Revelation is the same writer. In the New King James Version, John, 1st John, chapter 1, uh, this is what it says. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our, our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bore witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested to us. Amen. Verse three, that which we have seen Heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Look at verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we say we walk in the light as he is, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. For if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, glory to God, to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his words are not in us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's a, that's a place just to give God glory right there. For if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, praise God, of all for of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For there's no unrighteousness that we can encounter that he will not, amen, uh, cleanse us from in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And so that's where we're going to start from on tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. And just for a few minutes, I want to deal with this. Amen. The doctrine will always lead to right behavior. Doctrine will always lead to right behavior. Amen. Correct doctrine. When you're taught right, we walk right. And when we look at the just of what we have in um, the, God, the epistle of John is exactly what's going on. And, uh, and But in order for you to read, beloved, and be able to grasp the whole matter out of 1 John, you got to go back and do a little homework and find out from uh, the introduction and some notes 
what is the matter? What's going on? The reason why uh, John is addressing uh, the people in the way that he is. Amen. So the first matter of business is to go back, amen, and do a little legwork. Amen. So the key word in the, in the first epistle of John is fellowship with God. The key word is fellowship with God. Amen. The major theme of First John is fellowship with God. John wants his reader to have assurance of the indwelling of God through their abiding relationship with him. Praise God. That's, that's the ultimate, one of the, the key word, the ultimate uh, goal, the reader to have assurance of the indwelling of God through their abiding relationship with him. Amen. Glory to God. So belief in Christ should be manifested in the practice of righteousness and love for the brethren. Our belief should be manifested in practice. Amen. The practice of righteousness and love for the brethren. Amen. Which in turn produce joy. It'll produce confidence before God. Amen. So John writes this epistle to encourage, amen, uh, this fellowship, that's the word, to encourage this fellowship and to emphasize the importance of holding fast to the apostolic doctrine. Amen. Hold fast to the apostolic doctrine. Amen. So uh, also, first John is written also uh, to refute destructive teachings of this Gnosticism. Amen. Of the Gnostics by stressing the reality of the incarnation and the emptiness of professing without practices. So there's two, two, there's two things. These Gnosticists, amen, are, amen, uh, are saying that uh, this incarnation is not possible. And they're saying we can do what we want to do, praise God, walk how we want to walk, is not connected. We'll get to that just a little, a little further. Amen. So, amen, uh, these... Antichrist failed to, amen, uh, three tests of righteousness. Number one, amen, righteous living. Number two, love for the brethren. Number three, belief that Jesus Christ is the incarnate God-man. Glory to God. Amen. So the believers in this congregation, you can't help but to see that they are well-established in Christian truth. These are not novice that he's talking about. They are well-established in the Christian truth. And John wrote to them, amen, not as, not as immature, but as brethren that are grounded in doctrine. When you read that, he says, I know, I write no new thing to you for you. You know, you understand, you, you got a, uh, uh, amen, a, a mindset. That's it. Praise God. Amen. So I'm just reminding you of what you have already heard. Amen. Praise God. And so when you look at this, uh, epistle, you see the words like beloved, my little children, amen. Uh, and this gives this, this personal touch that reveals the closeness of the relationship of those that are receiving this letter. Amen. My little children. Now he's not talking about little as an immature, but he's talking in the fatherly like term, praise God, uh, because of his love for the children, for the people of God. Amen. Uh, and want to encourage them to stand steadfast in the truth. Praise God, because they are being threatened by two things. Number one, worldliness. And number two, false teaching. 
glory to God, he is encouraging them to, amen, to stand fast in the truth because they are being threatened by the lure of worldliness and the deceit of false teaching. Amen. Don't seem like much has changed over the years. Glory to God. The lure of worldliness, because all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, and the guile or the cunningness or the, the craftiness of false teaching. Amen. Praise God. He tells them to keep yourself unspotted from the world. Amen. And these Gnostic heresies taught that all matter is inherently evil, including human bodies. And a divine being, therefore, cannot take up on human flesh. This is this Gnostic uh, thought. So since all matter is inherently evil, including the human body, it is not possible for the divine to take up on human flesh. Amen. This resulted in a distinction between man, Jesus, and the spiritual Christ, which came upon Jesus at the baptism. Praise God. But somehow this departed at the, at the crucifixion. Say that again. <laughs> this, this, this Christ with God in was somehow together at the baptism, but somewhere between the baptism and the crucifixion, the spirit lifted. <laughs> Glory to God. Just, amen, let's go along. It's crazy. Amen. Praise God. And so another variation of this uh, Gnosticism, amen, is the doctrine that Christ only seemed to have a human body. Amen. The result in both cases, if you don't get nothing else out of this, and you can't remember nothing else, is a flat-out denial of the incarnation. And that is, Amen. That God is in the flesh. Praise God. A flat out denial of the apostolic teaching of Christ in the flesh. Glory to God. This flat out denial. Praise God. And so the other thing, and then you'll be able to understand the reading better, is agnostics also believe that their understanding of hidden knowledge, this gnosis, this hidden knowledge, made them a kind of spiritual elite. Amen. Sounds familiar today. They made them some type of spiritual elite. Amen. Who were above the normal distinctions of right and wrong. Praise God. Amen. That led to all type of deplorable conduct. Amen. And complete disregard to Christian ethics. Amen. They just, because we're higher, we got this, amen, we're elite in the spirit. And so all that y'all talking about don't apply to us because we know so much. Praise God. Oh, man, that's that. Anyway, go, amen, keep going. Amen. So John writes his first epistle at a time when the apostolic doctrine is being challenged and rapid increase of false teaching. Amen. He writes this at a time when the apostolic doctrine is being challenged by a rapid succession of false teaching. Like Second Peter is in the same way. Jude is in the same way. First John, amen, uh, has a negative positive thrust and it refutes erroneous doctrine and encourages readers to walk in the knowledge of the truth. That's it. Praise God. And so when your doctrine, your mindset is correct, your walk is correct. When your mindset, what you have been taught and your understanding of it, glory to God, it is correct, then your walk can be correct. 
The danger of that type of, any type of false teaching, when it alters your thought pattern, it will inevitably alter the way you walk in the Lord. Glory to God. So John says, amen, as he is in the light, walk in the light. He says, if you say that you are in the light and yet in your lifestyle you walk in, you walk in the darkness, you are a liar. Amen. And the truth is the truth is not in you. Amen. So he is teaching them uh, there's no gray area. Either you are or you're not. Either you're in the light as he is in the light. Amen. For God is light. Amen. Or you're walking in darkness. Amen. Or you, God is love. No man can say that he love his uh, God and hate his brethren because God is love. Amen. So the, 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 the tone that you're getting from the first John is either you are or you're not in the truth. Either you have heard the gospel and you're in the fellowship or you're not. Glory to God. Or you are, you are not. Amen. Now, amen. The, the next thing I want to deal with is the power of observation. And you should have had, you had an assignment to write down some things Amen, that you observed as you were reading the text. Amen. So every time uh, you come to a position to study the word of God, amen, we should approach it with the big picture in mind first. Every time you come to the word of God, approach it with the big picture in mind first. Observation, ask the question, amen, what do I see? Observation first, ask the question, what do I see? Before you ask, how does it work? How does it apply to me? What do I see? One of the, amen, most powerful things that one can do is learn the skill of observation. Observation is the most powerful, useful skill that you can acquire. Observing the text. Observing before you make any interpretation. The next step is interpretation, which asks the question, what does it mean? What's the meaning of all of these things? In Joshua, the third chapter, when Israel crossed over the Jordan River, the command was to take the, some of the smooth stones that was in the river, place them on the bank, 12 of them to be exact, and then do the opposite of the stones that are in the, on the bank in the Jordan River, amen, so that it attracts attention. And it says so that when your kids ask, your, ask you in times to come, what do these stones mean? You can tell them that Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry ground. Praise God. So their observations should come to some point asking question, what does that mean to you? What is that? Glory to God. Amen. And the next step is application. How does it work? How does it pertain to my life? If your observation is off, your interpretation will be off and your application will certainly be off. Amen. So we have to learn to walk worthy in this way. Our doctrine will always lead to behavior. Amen. Repetitive words and phrases in the text teach us that, teach the believer, amen, what's the most important. Repetitive words and phrases in the text teach the believer what's the most important. Amen. What word or phrase do we observe in the book of 1 John that teach us what the writer is saying, amen, in that is important to the recipient both then and now. What do we observe from the book of 1 John? What words and phrases, 
amen, that the writer is still speaking to us, amen, not only then, but now of importance. Glory to God. So as Bible students, this is Tuesday night, this is Bible study, praise God, you, you have to learn and take enough time out repetitive in your reading and ask the Lord to give you eyes to see what you are saying in this text. Glory to God. Observation is one. Who, what, when, why, where. Amen. Read the text. Do a little background so that when you do embrace it, praise God, you know why the original context was the way it was. Why the writer originally, well, who was we talking to? What was the issue? And why is he saying what he's saying? In your observation, you should have seen the word children or my little children about 14 times. This is in the New King James Version. Amen, about 14 times. The word we know or known, know or known over 33 times. Amen, praise God. Uh, abide about 15 times. Praise God, but depending if you count them one, two in the same verse, amen, 15 times. The word spirit, 14 times. The spirit, or in the reference to the Holy Spirit, 14 times. And antichrist, four times. Antichrist, amen. Uh, and one of the things that is significant, I'm going to rush to, out of 1 John chapter 2, verse 18 through 19 in the New King James Version, this is what it says. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that, that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest that none of them were of us. They started out with us. They, amen, they, but they went out from us. They were not of us. Had they been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest that, they, that none of them were of us. They walked with, uh, like us. I mean, they, they spoke like us. They dressed like us. They had some of the right, the same religious jargon, the same verbiage that we had, but they did not have the same mentality or same spirit. Amen. The Antichrist came from among us. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Many of us, we're looking for Antichrist to come from some foreign place who have already had studied some foreign religion or some type of demonic uh you know, uh, Bible, praise God. And uh, so we're looking for something that is from afar trying to infiltrate into the church. But the reality, according to John, is that this fella came from amongst us. Let's read it again. They went out from us, verse 19, 1 John 2 and 19, amen, but they were not of us. They were among us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, that's a difference, they were, amen, from us, but they weren't of us. Had they been of us, they would not have, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest. God showed them up. 
amen, that none of them were of us. Look at that. You saw that in one verse. If you observe that, you see that three times he made the reference of us. Amen. See how many times he says us? They were not, amen, so it reaches back to 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, amen, the fellowship. Praise God, the fellowship. They were, uh, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For they, had they been of us, they would have rem continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest that none of them were of us. Glory to God. Amen. They were never part of the fellowship. They just was like, like in the days of Moses in Numbers and the uh, 11th chapter, they were around the outskirts. They were some of the mixed multitude. Amen. They weren't of, they was just around us, but they weren't of us. Praise God. Amen. They went out from us. So they were in the midst of us acting like us, lifting their hands like us, had the right jargon and language like us. They dressed like us, but they were not from us. Had they been from us, they would have continued with us. But now they've been made manifest. Glory to God. So don't, amen. I don't believe we ought to be looking for the Antichrist to come from some foreign place, amen, with some crazy doctrine that is from another Bible or some other teachings, amen. According to the word, they are right among us as we speak. And they will be made manifest because when they separate themselves, Amen. They will be made known. Second John, amen, verses 7 through 11. And since there are no, only one chapter, it is not uh, of importance to say chapter 1 because there are only one chapter. Same way with Jude. You just say the verse, Second John, verse 7 through 11 in the New King James Version. Amen. Said, but many deceivers have gone out into the world, amen, who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. That's this Gnostic teaching. That's this uh, cancer that is trying to infiltrate, amen, the apostolic doctrine and confess that Jesus Christ, amen, uh, did not come in the flesh. It says these, this is a deceiver and the antichrist. Glory to God. Look at, look at yourselves. Amen, that we do not lose those things which we have worked for. Look to yourselves so that, that we do not lose the things which we have worked for, but that we may receive, according to God, a full reward. Amen. And so he is uh, teaching the church how to, reminding them how to observe, praise God, the Antichrist. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Verse 9 says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. And he who, he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Abide, and that's the word again, in the doctrine. Abide in the doctrine. Abide in the teaching. And his actions, his lifestyle should demonstrate that he is abiding in the doctrine or the teaching and amen in, in the, in the spirit. So your doctrine will dictate your behavior. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, 
if anyone, I don't care how, what he looks like, what kind of valuable rings and jewelry and robe and car that he's driving, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine and does not re- do not receive him into your house nor greet him, not being rude, amen, uh, because he said he is the man of God, he's an apostle or prophet or evangelist or super chief apostle, super chief prophet, amen. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, what doctrine? That Christ came in the flesh, amen. Do not receive him into your house nor greet him for he who greets him shares in his evil deed. He who greets him shares in his evil deed. Glory to God. And so John is writing to these, uh, he calls little children. Glory to God, which speaks of the fathering nature of the office of apostle. It speaks of the fathering nature. In it, you hear the heart of Christ thumping and manifested in the office of apostle. In it, you hear the heart of Christ beating and thumping in the office of apostle. He says to them, beloved, my little children, amen, I write to you, no new thing, children, glory to God. So John is in his old age. And so he has the right to call them little children, both by age and by spiritual uh, maturity and wisdom, amen. But he he is a fatherly figure to them and he is urging them in a fatherly figure tender, graceful, merciful way. And praise God, amen, don't allow yourself to be deceived. Walk worthy, beloved. Glory to God, amen. Walk like you know something. Walk like you have the Holy Spirit in you. Glory to God. So in 1 John, and we'll look further into where we're going for next week as well, amen. And so this is important, and it makes better sense when you hear this word in 1 John. It says, beloved, Listen how tender that sounds. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. They have gone out into the world. What does it mean gone out? Where did they go out from? They They went out from amongst us. Had they been of us, they would have remained with us. But but because they were never of us, they went out that they may be made manifest. Glory to God. God is the one that's going to do the exposing. But you, beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirit, whether they are of God, amen, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know, the spirit of God, amen, every spirit, that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is of God. This is in direct contrast of both forms of Gnosticism that, amen, that in the end is saying that there's no way that God and man could be in this love embrace, this, amen, man, God, God, man. There's no way that this Christ has come into the flesh. Amen. The spirit of God gives us discernment Amen, amen. And that discernment is manifested in their language. Amen, it is manifested in their language. What they really are, sooner or later, is going to come out of their mouth. You know a good tree by the fruit it bears. Amen. 
By this you know the Spirit, by the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, amen, is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have all which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. But why can't we see him? Well, where is the Antichrist? I haven't seen it on the news. I haven't seen him on Facebook. I haven't seen, because he is among us. Amen. It is among us, feigning like, pretending like, acting as though they are with us. But they're not with us. They're just among us. And had they have been, amen, been of us, they would have our same doctrine. They would have our same, amen, spirit. They would have our same, amen, righteous walk. But since they're not of us, they will be made and manifest. God will expose the false prophet, the false brethren, the false apostle, amen, and the antichrist. Glory to God. Whatever form that it comes in, in this knowingness, amen, this knowingness, uh, the Gnostic, whatever form that it is taken in the modern world, amen, God is going to make, amen, known by his spirit. For the spirit of God knows the, amen, the deep things of God. And they, those things are made manifest to us by his spirit. Praise God. Verse 4, 1 John 4 and 4, you are of God, little children. <laughs> you are of God, man. If that don't help you, nothing will. You are of God, or meaning from God. You've been born from God. Amen. You've been filled with his spirit. You little children, you are of God and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he, amen, who is in the world. What's in you is greater than what's in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. And the world heals them. But we, beloved, we are of God. And he who knows God hears us. Amen. We are of God. And he who knows God hears us. That's why they can't hear us. Because they're not of us or from us. Amen. They are of the world. And they hear worldliness. Why? Because they, amen, their leaders are worldly. And they speak and their sheep hear their voice. We are, but we are of God, and he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. Amen. John talks in these definites. Amen. Amen. John talks like James in definites. It's either is you is or is you ain't. He is in definites. We are of God. Amen. And he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this, uh-oh, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. By this, what I've just said, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Praise God. It sounds like, beloved, that John is skipping around on different subjects because verse 7 says, beloved, let us love one another. So he just got finished talking about the Antichrist. They were of us. They didn't come from us. Praise God. They act like us, but they came from among us because they were not of us. 
talked all, about all of that, the Antichrist, it seems as verse 7 and the rest of it is not connected. But in reality, it is because the, the same lie, the same doctrine is coming from the same place, and it lied about the, 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 the incarnate, the incarnation of God, that's God, in, that's God in the flesh, Christ Jesus, and there was a lie amen, about loving one another. Since God is love, praise God, he's just addressing the same matter, but now he's dealing with a different subject. It's the same root he's just dealing with now. Let's talk about this other thing that's, a, that's been going on. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That's, that's number one. He says that distinctly. Verse 8, in the same type pattern, there's no gray area. He who does not love does not know God. If you love, you love God. Amen. But if you don't love, you don't know God. For God is love. Amen. So he talked about walking in the light. Now he's talking about walking in love. Praise God. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world. There it is again that we might live through him. Praise God. Amen. So even the first part of this is talking about Christ's coming. Even in this love, he's talking about the coming of Christ. So it's still connected into the fact that, amen, God, Christ manifested in the flesh. Were you dealing with the Antichrist or are we dealing with that, a loveless life or a loving life? It all depends on do you know, amen, God, because God is love. In this, we, in this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. That word perpetuation simply means covering. He simply means in our place. Beloved, if God so loved us, we are also to love one another. Glory to God. We are to also love one another. Glory to God. Amen. And so he goes on to say that if you don't love, you're not of God. He's a liar. Amen. Verse 18, it says, amen. Verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. Verse 20, if anyone says, I love God and hate his brethren, he's a liar. Verse John 4 and 20. For he who does not love his brethren whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he's not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must all, must love his brethren also. So this is still addressing, addressing this Gnosticism. This is still addressing the false doctrine. This is still addressing the lie that is being repetitively trying to become a cancer in the church. Amen. And that shows not only the apostolic fathering heart, but you also see the uh, role of the apostolic father to keep the children clean and unspotted. This is a pastoral uh, anointing of grace as well because all sheep must be cleansed from external parasites and any internal disease if they are to be healthy. Amen. This is a pastoral grace to keep the sheep from external parasites, ticks, lice, fleas. Amen. Also 
to keep them from anything they could eat, ingest, amen, or coming through their system to cause them sickness. This is this this is the pastoral protection. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So you, amen. As a leader, you got to know your doctrine. You got to teach. You got to be able to stand. You have to be able to recognize when there's a rapid succession of a, 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 a false doctrine trying to penetrate the church. Sometimes it'll be greater. Sometimes it'll be less. But best believe it's coming. So as a leader, you have to be discerning enough to know when it's time to keep kick up your doctrine in certain areas depending on the times that we're living in and when that enemy is trying to battle around the wall or climb over when they're trying to be an infiltration of a cancer that'll cause the body to lose its substance. Amen. And lose its place, its steadfastness in the doctrine that has been taught. Glory to God. Amen. And the seasons, demons will always teach what, against what you've taught. Amen. You can always tell when a demon is cruising the pews because they'll come along and teach different from what you taught, but they'll do it in secrecy. Then the sheep will come up sick. And you wonder why, how they got sick. An enemy has done this. That's among us, but not of us. Glory to God. Amen. So excommunication is necessary. Praise the name of the Lord. Man, praise God. My time is up. May God give you revelation, knowledge, and understanding and insight as we continue on exploring 1 John, I believe is relevant for the times that we are living in and the type of cancerous, amen, push that is trying to infiltrate and derail, amen, the body of Christ into uh, uh, some type of teaching that will uh, cause us to dissolve in power and dissolve and walk because of the teaching. Your doctrine always dictates your behavior. Amen. Doctrine always dictates your behavior. Beloved, learn to study your word. Learn to study your word. Spend some time in the word of God, not for what you want to happen because you're going through something right now, but because I love this word, and here's the key word, I want to know it in its proper context. In its proper context. Amen. So that's the only way it's going to retain this power. You got to keep it in its original context. Amen. Do some studying. Amen. Go back. Let's read again 1 John in its entirety in another version. And this time, do some extra homework. Praise God. Go back and study why this epistle is so important. Amen. Go back and do some studying about this Gnosticism. And amen. Get your Bible and go back. Look at some of your introductory notes and all of that thing, amen, that you need. Praise God. You got to have that in your spirit. My time is up, but not my spirit. Father, I bless you. Thank you. We magnify you for your blessed word that you have left by inspiration of your spirit that we may that we may glean from it and that it may tutor us and that it may bring us into this relationship and that we may stand fast in what we've been taught and what we have been known and may learn so that we may be able to identify the Antichrist, may be able to identify heresies, all false doctrine, false apostles, and false prophets. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. We thank you. Give us eyes to see. Give us functioning ears to hear and a heart to discern your, your passion and your direction. We bless you and we give you glory because you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. 